to the Nerd Impact podcast for episode 62 and we are back with Star Wars month on the May, well, the 4th of May so may the 4th may the 4th be with you uh, but today we are continuing our coverage of the original trilogy with the obvious next step episode 5 the empire strikes back so again as we said in our first episode with uh, when we're covering um, a new hope this as the original trilogy continues George Lucas nails the overall theme and energy that will become the wider Star Wars franchise and just expands on it. And this episode of the original trilogy has some of the most important and iconic moments almost in the entire history of cinema with, you know, the obvious interaction between Luke and Darth Vader as we'll get to. But Aiden, Empire Strikes Back, did you prefer it to New Hope or which did you sort of gel with best? Yeah, uh, I'd still put it as higher than a new hope um yeah like i said watching a new hope again i actually enjoyed it a lot more than i remembered mm-hmm. um but this was kind of just like putting on a comfy pair of trousers like it was just like slipping into what you know uh and and to be fair as we were saying just off episode there's still bits i forget happen in this film like i only watched this a couple of years ago and like there's mm-hmm. just bits i was like Wait, what? what i missed that again um but like again watching this as a kid obviously as we can now discuss, like the whole plot twist with Vader and Luke, like watching that as a kid, I was just like, Wait, what? Like, this is fucking <laughs> insane. Isn't crazy. Um, and, and I was obviously the ending of this film. Like, I just wanted to watch the next one, like straight away. Like I feel everyone's pain in the eighties who had to wait three years to, to see what happens with Jedi. Um, because they they leave this film on a pretty grim cliffhanger, you know. This is this is probably the pinnacle. Like, well, it's kind of like the OG dark middle film where everything's kind of left up in the air, and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you've got plenty of films that kind of took inspiration from that. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great film. It was great. I was watching it as a kid, and again, watched what you know. I was fortunate enough to watch the original cut and i watched it again uh last night because i've got the despecialized edition for anyone who doesn't know from the last episode there's a guy who spent absolutely years basically getting all the original footage from the vhs's and basically turned them into blu-ray editions mm. um they look great but it's all the original content which obviously you can't find on the disney plus versions and blu-rays um but there's some changes that were probably for the better, as we'll get into, um, yeah. for sure. But yeah, it's, it's a great film. Um, again, watching this as a kid and watching it as an adult, there's, there's a nostalgia to it, but I, it's just it's still, it holds up so well. Like my girlfriend watched it with me last night um, before we, you know, the, this episode, and she wasn't a huge Star Wars fan, but she really enjoyed Empire, and she was like, there's a lot I, I thought I wouldn't enjoy, and she was like, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to call her out there. She was like, for so long, I thought he was called Dark Vader. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. She's surely not the only one. She's surely not. She's not. She's not. But, you know, she's, you know, 26. It's not like you don't hear his name everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, for me, impact wise, this, this, you know, this was probably one of the first quite dark, gritty films I'd watched as a kid mm. because I think it was shit that this thing's a U or a PG. It's still pretty dark. Oh, for yeah. a kid's film, yeah. as we'll get into. And so, yeah, that that's me. What about you guys? Uh, well, I I really did enjoy this. I think perhaps I honestly did enjoy A New Hope more, as I, as I was saying to you before we sort of started the podcast. Aside from the fight between Luke and Darth Vader, I sort of felt my interest dropping off a little bit once they got to, to Cloud City. The first that that first battle of Hoth, which is which is like the first like f- almost forty minutes of the film, mm. absolutely adore. I love that that the eighty eighty walkers, the land speeders with the harpoons. It's it's just the snow troopers, flawless. I in love my mind. that design. Yeah, it's, it, that is that is one of the best Star Wars moments in my mind. I mean, it, clearly enough because when they were, I remember Dice released the original Battlefront remaster. The very mm. I remember playing the the demo back in 2015, and that the very first map that they released was yeah. was half because it's such an integral. You know, you think of battles in in, in Star Wars, and the Battle of Hoth is one of the you know the most impactful one with the AT-AT walkers and that. But uh, yeah, Luke's training with um, 
Yoda, as he is introduced in this, is superb and uh, really, <laughs> we'll get into more of the details about Yoda's introduction and that, but uh, I, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. As you say, it's, it is the sort of darker, uh, less, you know, optimistic, I suppose, entry of the uh, the trilogy before you get the resolution of Jedi. But uh, yeah, I, I really did enjoy it again on, on a revisit. What about you, Ben? This is probably my favourite Star Wars film. Really? Uh, out of the lot. Yeah, Empire oh, wow. definitely. Uh, for a long time, it was um, Revenge of the Sith, this or Return. <laughs> but that's just being a, a prequel kid. Uh, yep. I think when I first... This it, when I first watched it, I feel like I wasn't shocked by the I am your father. Yep. I think that... I'd either heard it referenced somewhere or sort of already knew just somehow. Mm -hmm. So I never had that sort of instant reaction. Like, Oh my God, this, this is, this is it. I never experienced it in the moment, which uh, is quite regretful, but um, it's how it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So it wasn't until, until sort of later viewings and uh, rewatching all of them that this stood out for me more so than, than any other. Yeah. Um, I, I tend to quite like the the, the, the middle film, the, the dark one that doesn't have to have a, a happy ending and all the, all the suspense and the, the cliffhangers. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if I was watching this waiting three years for Return, um, I'd have absolutely hated it. Yeah. Uh, but being able to just stick in the next disc does help. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this, I mean, in terms of, in terms of world building, I mean, primarily we 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 were used to you know uh, Tatooine to so just a big sand planet, but now we've got jungles, floating cities, mm-hmm. uh, ice planets, like meteors. The set like the, the different settings are incredible, um, and I mean, if it wasn't for this particular script, which I know wasn't the original script, mm-hmm. um, we wouldn't have the prequels. Because this this is the point where George Lucas was like, I need to write the backstory for and planned change this to number five, mm-hmm. yeah, so he could do a trilogy to original, which I think's, I mean, what 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 more do you need at the yeah. end of the day to, to prove how important and impactful a film is? But it, he made it number five, not number two. That's just that's that's some preparation. I bet that confused audiences so badly when it first came out. They're like, episode four. Wait, what? Oh yeah, I mean, and the fact that it took how I mean, how many years between this and number one, so to actually get to the prequels, is what fifty like thirty years? years. Thirty years, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's that's a it's a hell of a long time to wait. <laughs> no, twenty twenty years. This this 20 was nineteen eighty, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, but yeah. episode one was ninety nine, so yeah, about mm. twenty years. I got to say the only experience where i've been like like if i if i was someone who had gone to watch empire in the 80s Mm -hmm. any experience i can kind of put close to that is the dark knight and waiting the dark knight rises like that you know that's left on a grim dark cliffhanger ending Mm -hmm. and then we had to wait four years for the dark knight rises and i literally was like plucking at any information i could get for that film you know i went and watched that film three times in the cinema you know because it was the climactic you know film to this amazing trilogy so i know it's not the same but i think that's the only similar kind of line i could i could kind of empathize with empire viewers for the first time like Mm -hmm. having to wait that long to get a conclusion to something that was left so open and to an amazing film as well but you know and i don't think it's it's, well it's no secret but empire originally was not well received it was very mixed bag Mm -hmm. and it was like 10 years down the line they were like actually this is one of the greatest masterpieces in (laughs) cinema history so it's it's interesting how over time very much like the prequels as we'll probably get into there's kind of a review and like the next gen come in and there's just a whole new appreciation for it but like i can't imagine anyone turning around going yeah, Empire's not that good, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I think you'd struggle to find anyone who would. I mean, of course, none of the Star Wars films are perfect, and you know, that's quite no. obvious. But I think in terms of cohesive storytelling and, and impactful moments, this is one of the best, easily, out of the, mm. out of all of the films. All I think it only works 
It only works in a trilogy, though. As a standalone film, if you were just to watch Empire with no prior knowledge to Star Wars, mm-hmm. I think it'd be a, a real struggle. Oh, yeah. Um, just because it's not that traditional story of you know uh, good overcoming evil, it's really well as a, a Star Wars is an epic tale that has to span at least three just to get the original story in, let yeah. alone the, the, the wider context. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so as a standalone, I don't think it it would stand very well, but but as part of this trilogy is the section that I enjoy the most. Understandable, really. Like, I mean. I don't know. Should we, should we sort of dive dive into it? Because uh, I mean, I've, I've yeah. got quite a few notes again for this one. As uh... me too. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, I'm going to agree with you straight away. Hoth and snow setting is like one of my favourite things. If done mm, right, Inception mm. was another film where the snow environment was like Ooh, so clean. Yeah. Very. And, and Hoth Hoth is just that for me. Like the underground snow caves, and like you said, when snow troopers come in it just it's just a completely different world and it, like you said it's so polar opposite to sandy tatooine and i think that mm-hmm. i don't know if they did that intentionally but it just works so well and that's definitely one of the strengths of the star wars as a series which you sort of get a lot more in the prequels and definitely it sort of ran with that idea in the sequels as well is this idea of journeying to different places and seeing these different mm. planets because you know those details of having different uniforms for the snow troopers like he could have just left them as, as as stormtroopers, right? But they actually went and designed a specific, you know, outfit for that environment, and it adds that that level of, of just depth. And that again, it's developing that world, which he sort of laid the uh, the fertile ground bed for with a new hope, and then he's really just expanding on that, showing all more and more planets, showing that this is a proper galaxy. It's not just Tatooine and then the Death Star. It's you know, Alder, Alder, we didn't even visit Alderaan and it just gets blown up. <laughs> but here they've got a Bespin, uh, you've got Dagobah, you've got Hoth, you've got um, you've, well, you've got uh, Darth Vader's uh, flagship, which I can't I think it's called like the Vengeance or something, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's mentioned in the film. So. I don't think it's mentioned in the film, but I think it, it is named in terms of, which is an amazing starship design, which I'm, I'm a big fan of, from stuff like Halo and uh, all of that. Mm-hmm. I love those kind of like sci-fi ship designs. But anyway... Yeah, as I was saying, he does expand the world most significantly in this film. Like, you really get a bit of a almost around the world in 80 days kind of vibes. Yeah, absolutely. i got to say again, though, Luke getting attacked by the Wampa. Kids film? No, it's not a kid's film. No. Like, that, 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 I remember jumping out of my skin when that happened. And also, he gets, like, fucked up. Like, he has, he like, huge gashes on his face and stuff. They appear a bit quickly, but whatever. But, like... <laughs> Like that again, setting the tone straight away. Like this is a darker film. Like your protagonist has just been knocked out, clean and cold, and is pretty wounded. Mm-hmm. And then he disappears for like the first twenty minutes of the film. Yeah. Well, I think a, a large part, especially in this scene, is sort of um, shown is uh, the the creativity and sort of the advancements in um, the special effects. Mm. Yeah. Um, especially in in the entirety of Hoth, really. I mean, you got like the stop motion for the um, eight, uh, the ats, and because uh, mm-hmm. all, all that background is is hand painted, and uh, obviously it's stop motion. But even the scene where Luke um, reaches for his lightsaber and uses the Force for the first time, mm-hmm. like that's his, his lightsaber's on a wire, and that's Mark Hamill just throwing it into the into the ground, and then just reverse. Got, mm. uh, rewind the footage. It's like that sort of they've had to come up with a lot to make this film. Even greater. I mean, even just down to the the lightsabers themselves, not having the the, the wire uh, mm-hmm. in the way, so it can all be mm-hmm. a bit more finesse and uh, sin more, mm-hmm. sort of deployed as and when they need. It's weird you said that as well because I just realised this is really the apart from Vader choking people in A New Hope, this is the first time we really like this film is the first time you see the Force used with a bit more kind of variety. Absolutely. You know, you have like Luke force pulling the lightsaber you have the force jumps yoda lifting the x-wing vader literally just throwing everything at luke at the end like yeah there's a lot more force use in this and like you said it's you know it's clear that they had a bit more of an idea and a bit more technology in order to execute that which i think was great and i gotta say as well the first time you hear the imperial march and again if this was the first time you heard it as an audience like that shit 
hit so hard. Like I was literally like, oh, here we go, here we go. I was like so hyped for it. And it's so like imposing and just booming. Like it mm-hmm. really, it takes the screen. Like, you know, obviously we're, we're only seeing the um, Empire ships at this point, but you, you know, and, and now it's like the most synonymous song within Star Wars or one of them anyway. I mean, I, I, I will say in terms of the, the you sort of discussing the special effects and stuff, the practical effects of the probe droid look amazing. And I mean, mm. the wontons as well, I mean, it's obviously just a dude in a costume, but it still looks pretty good in terms of the detail. And, and the Wumper as well, like that's obviously a dude just in a costume. Although there was an extended um, deleted scene oh, yeah. of the Wumper attacking um, the half base. Oh, yeah. And so thankful they cut it because in reality, the Wumper looks terrible. Really? The Wumper that comes to your mind... It's obviously the the 2004 re- remaster. Yeah, the original costume looks shocking. I can yeah probably. I mean I will say that, that I did the version I watched was the 2004 remaster. So there are certain. I mean I was surprised. It's it's at some points it's subtle. At other times it's very very obvious. And as I mentioned in the New Hope version, that was the version I watched there was 2004 remaster as well. So they have extra CGI when they arrive at Mos Eisley and stuff like that. In this sort of the backgrounds of Cloud City and stuff like that are more CGI, and it's it's the small things like you have Tamura, Tamura. I mean, forgive my pronunciation, I'm probably butchering it, but Tamura Morrison is his Don't him. It's him voicing uh, Boba Fett, not uh, the original. And uh, I, personally, he, he's who I identify with Boba Fett now, especially after you know uh, the book of Boba Fett and the Mandalorian. He's more solidly i think within the the general cultural zeitgeist as uh boba fett distinctly so i mean there's not much in it if i'm honest because i again i watched the original edition there's not much in it they both sound very menacing and what's interesting and obviously as you know major star wars fans will know is he doesn't get named in this film because he didn't actually get his name Mm. to that damn christmas special he's just called (laughs) bouncy hunter for the whole thing and then obviously was named uh, um, after the events of empire but um yeah, like going back, I know he's a badass, and we know he's a badass, but he really doesn't have much to do in this film. He's just he's just the henchman that Vader kind of picks, and that one line of like you know no disintegrations kind of makes you be like, oh, they've got a bit of a backstory. And well, to yeah, that, I will, badass. yeah, I mean the one thing I did notice, which I've never noticed before, is when they go to cryo freeze Han, mm-hmm. and Chewie loses his shit. When Boba goes to shoot them, Vader fully just he's like puts his arm out and like pushes it down. I was like, damn, that's pretty cool, actually. Like, I don't know, that doesn't like mean much to like to anything, but it was just kind of cool. Like Vader like doesn't even use the force. Like he just respectfully is like, no, no, no. Yeah. Just just the fact that the the um, Darth Vader singles him out. Mm. So like, the most badass motherfucker in the galaxy recognizes that you, you you're a pretty badass guy. So. That just gives you instant street cred. Absolutely. It's a shame I, the book of Boba Fett did not carry that on at all. Well, I think that that's a discussion for a later date, I suppose. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I, yeah. It, generally speaking, the remaster wasn't as egregious as I think some, at least in my opinion, I didn't think it was that, it wasn't taking away from my enjoyment of what I suppose would be the more original aspects by having a, a, just like a top coat of a bit of mid, mid-2000s I think a New Hope and Jedi get the worst of it. Obviously, like a New Hope has like Jabba in it, and Mm. that is just like eye cancer. It's just terrible. And then, obviously, as we get into Empire tomorrow, like the differences are, some of the differences are quite noticeable. And we're kind of getting back to like following it through. Watching Leia and Luke kissing still just makes my my Uh, oh, I just. Obviously, at the time, no one knew what we knew because we now know what we know. Yeah. It's like, oof, that's rough. It's just... That wasn't planned out. Clearly, it wasn't the spoiler of Return of the Jedi was not planned out at this point. Mm -hmm. But it's still creepy now we know. Yeah, it it still just doesn't feel right at all. You know, especially... I mean, because as we were sort of saying off camera, Han and Leia's dialogue is so brilliant between the pair of them. To just in some way try and almost force a love triangle, which just isn't there, it just feels a bit weird. You know what I mean? And again, with the context of Jedi, it's just even worse. 
It's just, ugh. It kind of gets cut though halfway through Empire. Yeah. Like that's kind of it, which I'm thankful for. Yeah. Um, I love Chewie and Hans back and forth as well in the cockpit. Uh, in sorry, in the like holding station of the ships. Again, mm-hmm. we discussed it in A New Hope. I have no idea what Chewie's saying, but you kind of have an <laughs> idea of what the whole conversation is, and I I'm, I'm absolutely love it. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I will say that I do love all of the techno babble that they create mm-hmm. for repairing the Millennium Falcon because it feels like they spend a good like 70% of the time in that ship just fixing things on it. You know, it's a whole yeah, that's the entire film, isn't it? Well, pretty much, yeah. It's, the hyperdrive's dead for like the entire thing. But I, I, I just love it. I, I think, you know, the compressor and all this sort of thing and the hyperdrive motivator, I, I don't know. It, it, it just, it's, it's small touches like that that just get you more into the the galaxy far, far away, really. Yeah, that can be forced a lot of the time. Mm. But it doesn't quite feel it in this film. It just it's feel very natural, um, sort yeah. of appropriate. Yeah. Uh, but in a lot of uh, films, obviously Spotify, uh, sci-fi films, the, the, the jargon can be a bit too much. But of I course. think they've got a nice, e- e- even balance in this. Mm-hmm, yeah. Definitely. Can we talk about Dax the red shirt? Poor guy. How do, you, how do you feel, Dax? Feel like I could take on the whole empire by myself? Well, you are dead now, sir. Literally, as soon as that line comes out, I think you know. Even as a kid, I was pretty like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know who you are. So you got balls, boy. I'll give I, you that. I, I saw it as just a reference to New Hope because you know Luke sort of took on the empire almost all by himself. That he's like, I, I sure know that feeling. I was like, oh, that's a cool little like, you know reference to himself almost but then dax gets his shit crushed in so it's like, <laughs> like poor, poor boy man <laughs> it's my funny. girlfriend didn't even know he died like when he got shot in the ship because it's, she only noticed it when the uh 8080 crushes luke's ship and she's like did he just leave his friend in there i was like he died he died like 10 minutes ago respect to luke though he does try and get his body out like he, yeah. he does make an effort but it was yeah. It was a bit a bit late for Dax. And also the dismantle of the ATAT by Luke. You know, obviously that's like quite mm. iconic now with the whole wrapping around the legs, oh. like slicing open the belly and like lobbing a grenade. And I was like, that's that's some quick thinking that is. And again, you only managed to do that because you had a lightsaber. So props yeah, to the lightsaber. I still, yeah, I still like it. And um, <laughs> like my girlfriend was like, snowtroopers look a bit like the KKK, and I was like. Yeah, now you said it. I can absolutely see it. That's that's ruined it. I think they've got the sort of. Um, I think the helmets are sort of based off of like the German helmets, right? Like they've got the same sort of like curvature around the back and that. It's not so, great. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, good. I, I mean, I like the design, but it, it. Yeah. I mean, again, the Empire is supposed to be a sort of in some readings of the film, or more explicitly, just it's supposed to be like a fascist organization, right? Mm. So, you know, yeah, so they're extremely xenophobic and. Yeah, authoritarian. Yeah. Uh, so what can you do really? It, it is part of, it's part of the almost satire that they're going for, I guess. So, but it did, again, an amazing design, as we've said, they, they look so cool and it's, it's like mm. the, the normal stormtroopers could have done, but they decided to just redesign that, that as well, which as we get in Jedi, we get the scout troopers and all that. You know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of all the variants of mm. you know, the different helmet types. And as we get into the prequels, all the different type of uh, the arc troopers and all that sort of thing. I love all that. So it's cool. You know, this is sort of the, 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 the you know, the origins of that, those sort of clone variants, I guess. Yeah, and they have, I mean, it's only literally in one shot when, or two shots when they're in the AT-80, there's, there's a different design for the pilot. It's like the Stormtrooper yeah. pilot. Mm. You only see that for like two or three frames and then it's out, but they put in the effort to just design a different mask and have like the emblem on their head. And I think they had like black, like almost like gas yeah. mask tubes around it. Mm. You only see that it's for like even, two or three frames, but it's great. It's even like the, um, the general's that they get a lot more focus and personality to them. Because obviously these are like the top guys in, in the Empire. Mm-hmm. And he, even even like, uh, I can't, can't remember the name of the guy, but the one who is very blasé about um, about Vader and just gets choked out. Like, yeah. oh, he has, can we talk he about has a bit that? of personality. Can we talk about the Admirals? Anytime someone gets a promoted to Admiral, you're like, you don't. That's like the job you don't want. No one's aspiring to climb the ladder here. And there's a I death think, sentence. I think. Well, I think I'm pretty sure I found. Where was the quote? Uh, uh, hang on. 
I just love yeah. it. So like congratulations, Admiral, as soon as he's yeah. killed, killed the other Admiral. <laughs> he just immediately promotes the man next to him. Like, I, so much respect. And you can see, you can see in their faces, like, didn't didn't want it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Way too much pressure. Do not fail me again, Admiral. I, again, I, Vader is so much more intimidating in this than yes. he was in New Hope. He's again like the opening scene where he gets hands on his hips. He looks a little bit, you know, they're not making him as sinister as he his he is. But in this, they solidify on that character and really push, as you say, like his dialogue's a bit slower, a bit more. And there are bits where he's really terrifying, honestly, as we'll get into. But uh, I've just found the quote as well. It's, it's, yeah. a, <laughs> um, it's a bit, again, it's with the admirals and stuff. He's literally like, you just see Admiral Nida slowly like choking. He's like, apology accepted, Captain Nida or Admiral Nida. And then just literally drops dead and he walks off. I'm just like, that. you just don't want to be an admiral or a captain. Like, Cause it's, you it's, don't want to be the bearer of bad news to Darth Vader. I'd just lie. I swear that there's a scene transition where it goes to Darth Vader on the ship just after he's choked out another another captain. <laughs> you don't even see that. It's just like it's just his routine. He's just like I've had a bad day. One of you is getting it, and that's it. Like he's he's. he's <laughs> they need they need like an insurance policy man against choking out or like life insurance death by choke force choke. Then you get like a big payout. I just I'm I just think it. I know I'm skipping ahead a bit, but it is far. I'd rather. I think it's far more intimidating and, and better as a as a villain to have someone just casually choke someone to death than have a little paddy and start slashing up the equipment in a rage. Oh, Kylo Ren. yeah, Kylo Ren. I think as as a villain, just a subtle that you've got the life of someone's hands there. They know. We'll it. get into mm. that though, because there's an interesting take on that but yeah i do know what you mean but i mean you know that's the thing vader is imposing you know he has mm -hmm. been since new hope and he choked obviously choked someone in the first one but this time he's just like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it all the time i'll fucking do it again like what's <laughs> up <laughs> who's, gonna, who's gonna who's gonna stop me who's gonna yeah, stop exactly. me um yeah where, where else? I, i'm gonna say obviously we know he doesn't but if R2 had died in any of these films, I think I genuinely would have not wanted to watch Star Wars oh, anymore. Man. I forgot well, how much I, Yeah, he's, I know. I just forgot how much I love R2 as a character. He's so adorable. Like, the, the little sounds he makes, like, wow! Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even do it right. But I, I don't know. I, it, I said this in, in, in A New Hope. It, it is absurd. Like, the, the emotional manipulation that they pull off by making you care so much about like when c3po gets murked up i forgot about that like he gets <laughs> absolutely blasted <laughs> and you get to hear like his last thoughts he's like oh no i've been shot like <laughs> i gotta say i am not a fan of 3po i think he's an asshole really i love and, 3PO. Then, and, then, and then, then my girlfriend was like he seems a bit like autistic to me i was like he could be an autistic droid you know i mean like, he's He's a droid. He's, know, he's literally think, a robot. Like, I just think he's a bit of an asshole to R2. Like, he just constantly shits on R2's decisions. I'm like, he, R2 literally saved the whole world, yeah, essentially. You don't know what R2 is saying to him. He could be dropping, <laughs> he could be saying some terrible things. Like, well, this, I, I would have loved if R2 is just absolutely like losing his fucking mind. Like, little bitch boy. <laughs> He like sees me. He's like, "Oh, Anakin! Like you fuck shit up. Like I, I'm coming for you. I'm coming. I know what you did. I know what you did." And uh, <laughs> he's just in the corner, like, some some little Irish leprechaun just inside, just uh, swearing bloody. It would have been amazing. Like when Obi Wan's like, "I never heard this droid Nazi." He's like, "You're a fucking liar, mate. You know you we had adventures together." Dickhead, dickhead. <laughs> I feel like there needs to be a dub of where R2's lines are just like what he's actually thinking. I don't oh, know. that would have been amazing. CP, C3P has been ruined for me from that meme you sent me. The, the Red, Red Army. Army. Mm. Can't look at him, can't take him serious anymore. And I don't think we can put it on screen because it would probably ruin our reputation. Um, but yeah, I, I hate C3P. He's such. I, I don't know. I don't understand the hate. I don't understand. How is he the, How is he a dick? He's a bit like the, the sandbag. Everyone fucking takes the piss out of yeah, him. But the in poor... reality, he is just a bit of a dick. How? He's a 
fucking <laughs> he's just a droid he's not pissing off anyone he's not I don't understand that. I suppose How... if you were made by You're a resonating now. No, no, yeah, I'm defending my fellow autists now. Do you, okay. know, do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? It's because he was made by a nine-year-old kid with daddy and mommy issues who eventually was going to become the mass murderer of the planet. So, okay, I can get why he's a bit of an asshole to people. His creator is as well, technically. I, d- I don't know. I, I just I just appreciate CCPO. It feels like... He, he he poor guy gets he suffers so much throughout all the films if you think about it he gets destroyed like three different times like in a tactical yeah <laughs> he literally does get destroyed like three or four different times does, yeah. man like, the poor the poor guy he's just he's just trying to help people out and like in that bit in this film as well particularly he's he's just like oh sir like he's trying to tell han that the, that he knows yeah. that the hyperdrive disabled and han that she switches him off he's, that's <laughs> that's like putting him in a coma like he just puts someone in a coma because he can't doesn't want to listen to it. And and CTPO is the dickhead. You guys are out of your mind, man. Out of your mind. I, I will not tolerate you know that is? slander. It's probably like some of the young people we work with. Like, there's probably a time where they actually are right, but the amount of shit they talk, you're just like, I, I don't need it right now. Like, I just stop. Just stop oh, talking man. to them. That's yeah. You <laughs> you guys all busted up inside. Like CTPO's. Oh, yeah. CTPO's uh, a king. I, I love him. I, that's that's my run over. I've defended I mean, my guy. My G. If we Objection. if we go back, if we go back. The first time you see a glimpse of Vader helmetless, I remember seeing that as a kid and lost my mm. freaking mind. Like, because obviously you had no idea what was under there. You know, he was just a guy. Like, was was he battle damaged? Was he just a guy with an imposing suit? Yeah. This is the first time you're kind of like, oh, damn, his head is scarred. Like, what is going on there? And again, it just I, all alluding to this backstory. I, I think I think what that was for George Lucas, from what I remember uh, hearing, it was just to make sure that everyone knew he wasn't a droid. Mm. I think I think the 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 majority of the uh, sort of viewers back then just assumed he was a droid because his obviously his appearance. Of course. Um, well, I mean, the plot twist kind of confirms that in itself as well. No, absolutely. It's interesting about that 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 plot twist. So, um, there's, I think there's only four people who knew about that until the, yeah. the actual release. It was Mark um, Hamill, the actor who was in the suit of Vader, and then like no, no, no. I don't think the one in the suit knew because he oh. didn't. So, he, so yeah, when didn't they actually the filmed it, oh yeah, yeah he said, it was, um, it was um, Obi Wan killed your father. Yeah, that, that's all he said. Um, oh, because I've heard a few. Because I heard that they were going to say Obi Wan is your father at one point as well. That, I mean, that that could very possibly. These be were all just fake outs, so like it was, it was, it was never intended that way. But they released Obi Wan was the dad as a like in case there was script leaks. Yeah, this yeah. this is definitely the this is 100% the first film though where they mention Anakin by name right because yes, before yeah. he's always he's always referred to as as my father or Luke's father yeah. your father he was never he was never given a, a first name which I, I I don't know like I that conversation of course I was I was watching the remaster one so the version of the emperor <laughs> that Darth Vader speaks to and again this is the first time we see the emperor as well is that yeah i mean we were discussing this and hopefully mm. for the youtube version we can put the og version up but the og version is horrifying and just terrible mm-hmm. and, and um the new the new version so the, this is effectively the revenge, revenge of the sith uh emperor yeah it, i i think he does a really great job to be yeah. honest like he looks like the emperor should and and th- this is a, again part of the point where i'm like I understand why people wouldn't like the remasters, but at the same time, it's like my experience, this helped. this helped. Like my experience was probably made better and not made worse, most definitely because of that. And I, I think it's it's an interesting way to take something because you can appreciate it as it, so this is, I suppose, in terms of older media, right? Like you can either take it 100% as it is, or you can just make slight changes, which just make it a little bit more tolerable, not tolerable, but a bit more palatable for modern audiences. And I think that's fine. Honestly, like this is an almost fifty-year-old film, right? Like, it's not going to hold up, and and particularly the old emperor looked fucking terrible. <laughs> the thing is, they could have done this on the the like release, like they could have re-released Empire after they'd released Jedi on VHS because yeah. Ian McDermott was the emperor back in Jedi. Mm-hmm. They could have made that tweak and people probably wouldn't have complained. Like, yeah. this is one of the few changes where I think people are like, this makes the film feel a bit more fluent. Yeah. And, and the prequel makes sense. 
And I'm glad they didn't go with that design in Jedi because Jesus Christ, that'd have been hard to watch. It definitely fucking would have. Like, again, it's evolution of the times. But again, all I was really pointing out was that it did, in terms of the remaster, yeah. make my experience better, really. Yeah, 100%. I mean, let's get to it. Dagobah and Puppet Yoda. That looks so good. It looks so good for a, like a, like in a 1980s film. Like, I, I prefer it over CG Yoda. I'm going to stand die on this hill. I prefer it over CG Yoda. I know the movements with CG Yoda make sense, mm. but he, he just looks more realistic as as Puppet Yoda, in Vi- my opinion. Visually speaking, you know, I, 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 I was a huge fan of Thunderbirds, Captain Scarlet, and Stingray as a kid. So those mm-hmm. kind of... Um, kind of oh, there's a specific uh, company that made them all. That kind of movement where he sort of like you, they sort of like hobble up and down when he moves. Mm-hmm. I, I I feel an intense nostalgia attached. So I really liked seeing him move that way. And again, as I was saying before this, I forgot how much of a gremlin Yoda <laughs> is. Like I, I think I wrote like sassy little goblin as one of my notes because <laughs> yeah. like, he's he's just like mm, trapped your ship is cannot escape you can and it's like I of course typical. Terrible Yoda impression as is needed, but I really loved the puppet. I I, I thought I would, you know, I, I I do like prequel Yoda, the more master Yoda than this, because yeah. he is, as you were saying, Aiden, he's not particularly much of a Jedi at first, right? That he he doesn't carry that weight of an eight hundred, you know, nine hundred year old Jedi who's spent years attuning himself to the Force. He's just a bit of a geriatric old fuck. So, you know, it's it's. <laughs> I was I'd forgotten that that's how you initially was portrayed because I'm aware of the more all-knowing sort of omniscient Yoda that's very calm and, and about it, right? Again, though, watching this when you know who Yoda actually is, prequel-wise, yeah, obviously Yoda's acting like you said, like a gremlin asshole at first, <laughs> but even regard even regardless, kind of before Luke knows who he is, like Luke's such a disrespectful asshole to to Yoda. He is. Just like you. Yeah. He like tastes his food. He's like, nah, this is dead. Like, can yep. you just hurry up? I want to meet Yoda. I mean, Yoda clearly doesn't give a shit anymore either. Like, Luke's like just been super disrespectful. And Yoda's of course. just like, oh, I'm just, I'm testing you. So, what's up? Yeah. Yeah, he's stealing shit from his like stuff at this point as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's stealing his candles and stuff. But, um, yeah, like, it's just mad, like, that you see two very different sides of Yoda in, in obviously the OG trilogy and the prequel trilogy, mm, but it's kind mm. of nice. I mean, you probably would be that way inclined when you've been a hermit for 30, 40 years. Yeah. Well, it's also, 20, 20 years, sorry. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think we were saying this also beforehand. Um, there is that sort of transition, that, that sort of moment once Luke realizes he is, um, he is Yoda. Yeah. Um, the only thing I sort of compare it to is if anyone's sort of watched Moon Knight mm-hmm. and that, that, that sort of transition from um, Mark Spector to, um, to Steve, can't remember his second name. Um, and to be able to capture that with a puppet, I think just is, is a testament to how, how amazing the, the effects are in this film because you do see him almost transform into a, almost like a wealth of knowledge just comes flowing back. Yeah. And then we get so much lore dump, but in a mm. good way. Like this, I'd I'd say the whole prequels were essentially built off this initial conversation between Yoda and Luke. Like you get you get mentions of how Darth Vader essentially turned. You mm-hmm. get all of the the whole you know balance of the Force and hate and fear lead to anger, which leads to the dark side. Like all of that is just given to you by Yoda within like a few scenes, and they just build the entire prequels off that. Um, and kind of going into that, I noticed when uh, Obi-Wan and Yoda are like trying to convince Luke not to go. Yeah. They're, they're very much holding on to that old Jedi ways of the council and stuff I picked up. Like, it's like, mm. you go, you aren't strong enough, you will give in to hate. And yeah. it's like, you clearly, like, uh, I saw it from two sides. I was like, you clearly are scared that Luke will follow Anakin's steps. But it was because of how rigid like rigid you were with your policies in the mm. old ways of the force is why anakin turned in the first place so exactly it's like you're you're literally it's like a double-edged sword like you're you're trying not to see anakin like luke fall like anakin did but you're pushing him to fall because you're like you can't fall into hate you can't touch on fear because you'll be a bad guy it's like, exactly. well, actually, no, 
this is how Luke succeeds in Jedi. But yeah, that that was just a really interesting uh, note I made. It's it's definitely I, I sort of expanding on that that sort of rigidity of the inflexibility of the old Jedi way is that you know mm-hmm. at one point you, you know Luke's asking Yoda all these questions. He's just like clear your mind of questions, and it's like just shut up and accept what I'm saying. Don't you know think about it right it's like you have to be have this clear serene state of mind but it's like at the same time is that necessarily practical is that useful and i do like that luke doesn't listen to them and does go and do it what he wants to do and and pursued you know pursue good the way he thinks he can do it rather than listening to to the old way which clearly hasn't worked is you know one's dead and and one's a hermit (laughs) and this is why luke succeeds where anakin didn't because Mm. anakin was so like no this is the jedi way i must do this that that's going to be a whole talk we can have in the prequels because you know the downfall of anakin sublime so much to talk about um but yeah anything anything else kind of moving on um the cave bit oh i got i remember being terrified of darth Vader in that bit as as, as a kid especially how like slow and like stilted it is yeah I, i for some reason i don't know that does seem particularly struck me a lot like i i remember being very very scared of, mm, of that too. cave and uh i, I think, think he's, he's beheaded as well he does and that bit where it's sort of luke is luke's face underneath the mask and it's clearly you know a, a practical effect it looks just like mark hamill to be quite fair it is a pretty spot-on resemblance it's quite impressive yeah also, imagine going in... sorry go on. carry on. Go on, go on. no i was just saying imagine going into the cinema as it's released and trying to understand that scene with zero context and understanding of even just sort of the force other than what yoda said very yeah. briefly yeah it, must it, also be a sets, it also sets up the conflict in jedi really oh yeah i mean i did i did it's a side note i did find it did sort of show its age right that this is an alien planet yet uh, the life that they have there is just two boa constrictors and a monitor lizard, which I, <laughs> I thought was quite funny. But uh, no, 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 it didn't detract from my enjoyment, but it's like, at least they made the effort to make it look somewhat, you know. I mean, I just noticed that Luke literally picks up these snakes like they're nothing. I was like, you mm. are brave, man. Like, yeah. no thanks, I ain't doing that. Absolutely. I mean, Mark Hamill was pretty jacked in this as well, I noticed. He is, I noticed yeah. that. He's yeah. also a negative Nancy throughout this whole film. <laughs> Like, I know it's part of his character arc, but he's just, he just whinges the whole time. I mean, and I get it, but... Yeah, yeah. It, it, he, again, that's part of his journey as, as, as a character. But he goes from that sort of optimistic young adventurer to the more sort of, you know, uh, relatively seasoned young pessimist, basically, and comes out the other side, actually, you know, a well-developed man. Mm, yeah. Uh, and where do you want to go next? Well, I mean... Yoda lifting up the jet X-wing is fucking awesome, really. Like you know, Luke tries, and and you can schools, see schools Luke. You can you can see it, and even in the puppet, like Yoda's like oh, like the surprise of it almost that he's going to actually do it, and of course he fails, and then Yoda goes and just pimp canes it up is 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 amazing. Honestly, it's such a such a good bit. Yeah. What does he say? What is, Yoda is so muggy in this. What does he say? It's um. Luke's like, ah, oh, I, I can't believe it, and it's like Yoda says to him, like, you fail. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's little green fucks just mugging off Luke the entire time. I mean, let's be honest though, his um, the, uh, do or do not, do or do not, there is no try, is like one of the most in- iconic, but also like accurate kind of like in like motivational mm, quotes you could get. Definitely, like, I love it. I I think his his wisdom's actually quite applicable as much as it some of it is yeah. just him being a you know a babbling old man. It is quite quite applicable and it is it is quite motivational and I think Luke probably does take that learning with him. But I will say that when he does when Luke does leave the the, the planet you um you know him because of course we we see Ghost Ben Kenobi for the first time as well in this and that he sort of actively talks to them through the Force which is an interesting sort of May I development. Ask, is is he quite blue in it is it like he's quite blue yeah in the remaster because in, in the original edition he's he's an actor he's he's, he's obviously just alec mcginnis as obi-wan yeah with like just a blue like outline around him and yeah. I, I was gonna say i'm pretty sure they were more blue in the remastered which i they think have, looks better i think it does but it, it is quite like almost a neon blue 
outline yeah. around him. It is yeah. maybe a bit too distinct. Yeah. But Yoda does say that, you know, when when, when Luke leaves, uh, they sort of, Ben and Yoda sort of talk to each other. And he's, well, what are we going to do now? Or like, how are we going to solve this? And, and Yoda says, well, there is another, which I'm fairly certain is referring to Darth Vader, right? That, that That's the thing. Is it Lyra or is it Vader? I I I I'm inclined to 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 think that it's because it's they do hint that Leia is force sensitive at the end of Empire because when mm-hmm. Luke calls out to her, she senses she, him. Yeah. So it's it's a hard one because mm. even if you didn't know the whole sister twist in Jedi, she could still be force sensitive. Like they could just have had it just by pure chance that she was force sensitive, which they may have yeah. been going for. But I also like the fact that it could be Vader because obviously the whole prophecy and how it all ties in in Jedi. So I think that's, unless there's confirmation anywhere, I quite like that it's open-ended. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think with, with the prequels and what, what we know from the prequels, I think it's sort of it's cemented there that it was on about Leia. Because mm. Yoda knew of Leia. He knew, she, so does Obi-Wan. That, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. That they both sort of, that they, they know. Yoda, mm. Yoda says, Obviously, there is another, and it's yeah. I guess I've never really thought about it the other way. Yeah, I thought almost. Ha- I guess being a prequel baby, that's that's where I'm, I'm sort of yeah. Get get I, a lot I, of my pre context. I'm just assuming because in terms of that, they could be referring to Leia. She doesn't take up that role in the story. Is that she doesn't? If, though she may have had the potential to do that, as you say, she could. She's sort of force sensitive, and that as as is shown in in Empire. I don't. She doesn't ever take up that role. It's it's, it's no. the only other person it could be, aside from Luke, in terms of you know restoring the balance, is Darth Vader, right? You know, it, in terms yeah. Of, but, I just don't think. But Yoda, but Yoda is very. Yoda is very um, say all or nothing, mm-hmm. so it's like it's black and white. Yeah. And to, to Yoda, Vader is the is evil. That that that's 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 clear cut. So could you believe Yoda sort of seeing the nuance to it all and him? I mean, surely he would. I don't quite believe that because he's very rigid in his thinking. Yoda still believes in the the, the, the council's ways. In 40 years after everyone in the council has been murdered. Mm, I, I, I don't know. I, you, you're probably right. It's an right, interesting one. It's an interesting I, one. I can see both takes. Yeah, I, that's at least my interpretation. I could be... Completely fucking wrong, but <laughs> As I say, I've never heard that sort of connotation before. So it's, it's, that that's that was yeah, that was my my interpretation of it. Should we move into Cloud City? Mm-hmm. So obviously we get the absolute king that is Billy D. Williams. Like oh, he's such a good casting as Lando. So um, suave. He's so, so suave. suave. Yeah, like H- hitting on Leia as soon as he sees her. <laughs> no, no, no respect for Han at all. He literally was just. Bro code is absolutely. Burst into flames. <laughs> I respect um, it. Yeah, you know, obviously that whole double bluff of him betraying them. Also, it's really interesting seeing Vader at like the top of a table. I really wanted to see that scene. I don't think it ever got recorded, but I'd love to see know what he did when he's like, "We'd be honored if you join us." Yeah. Like, does he just sit them down and be like, "Well, you're gonna go to a bounty hunter. You two are gonna be tortured, and that's the end of it." But I'd like to know what that conversation was. It's not needed, but. Just be cool to see. It's the, a weird setup, though. Like, why would Vader be at a dinner table? He can't eat. I know, but that's what I mean. Like, it's a really like weird thing to see. But I, I always think... picture them like having a meal, like a really awkward, silent meal. But I just realised Vader can't eat. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I I, I think again, he's supposed to be at the head of a table, like a position of power and that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. I think I think it works, but. Again, the the tone sort of dramatically shifts at that point. Is that you know, you actually think, you know, Han's very positive. He's like the the, the Millennium Falcon is gonna be fixed soon. It's all good. You know, he's actually my friend and all this sort of thing. And then immediately they the door opens and there's Darth Vader. I think that's that's perfect. It's there's mm. no there's no build up. It's just immediately like yep, yeah, that's it. Empire the Empire is way ahead of you. But it also proves how much of a badass Han is in this film. Mm. I mean, first of all, we forgot. Motherfucker flies into an asteroid field. He does. Does. And fucking does it clean. Mm. But also sees Vader. First instinct, <laughs> shoot. Yeah. Like, I'm, hard I'm, fires first. Like, oh, yeah, 100%. Down. 
I mean, it's just, we're going to quickly go off tangent, but that bit just now reminds me of the Snatch dub that we watched when we were in Scotland. Like, <laughs> Give me the fucking shooter. shooter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for anyone who hasn't watched it, just type in Darth Vader's uh, brick top and just enjoy like 10 minutes. Just, just enjoy it. It's just fucking hilarious. That was so funny, honestly. That, was, that really got to me. But I, I think we've missed the sort of bounty hunter lineup as well because... Boba Fett is, of course, oh. introducing Cloud City. See, it's Bosk, IG-88, and what's the other guy? The, Deng- the, what? Dengar. Dengar, Dengar. Yeah. Yeah, just, I mean, literally just iconic. <laughs> I know they don't do anything in the plot, but they just, which is insane, right? They have no lines, yet they have that much, you know, weight behind them. They've become developed cast. They've got backstory. They've got presence in Legends and stuff like that. It's like people took what is just, you know, almost a background extra character and have built them out as a character, you know, as legitimate piece of this universe which is awesome right that's so cool no it's good and i like the fact that after they do the trick of like been dumped with the garbage disposal that fett is literally on their tail like he he ain't dumb i I, because again in the remaster that is you know it's a slave one with a proper sound and all that but it is there's a distinct difference between the the like the quality of the millennium falcon flying away and then there's a very smooth slave one going behind them so yeah, but an iconic ship design as well there. Hugely mm. awesome. Well, it's not called the Slave One anymore, though. Oh, I, I don't know what it's called now, but that's, fire, that's how I know it. Fire Spitter or something like like that? I think it is yeah. because... Yeah. yeah, okay, well, well, Slave One is, is how it's Slave One. Yeah. It's Slave One. Yeah, it's Slave One. Um, yeah, kind of going, like, trying to wrap up to the end part. The torture seat with Han, that, that's, that's nightmare fuel. Like, it's horrible. I don't even know what happened, but I don't need to know, like, Again, just the skipping to the scene outside, just listening to him like wailing pain is enough mm. for the imagination. You can imagine what kind of like fucked up torture methods they'd have in this galaxy, right? Like they've got all that advanced technology, like they can mess you up. Really. I think it's Vader probably could have just literally just like, like literally waved his hand over and known exactly what was going on. But it was more, I think, again, like the whole power play. Absolutely. They didn't even ask him a question. Yeah, because that's it. He, yeah, he says that he like, doesn't ask me anything. It's just all power play. It's obviously all to bait Luke. But yeah. um, as we discussed off screen, um, the bit where Lando's talking to Vader and his, Vader's like, perhaps you feel you've been treated unfairly. And then Lando's just like, we're good, we're good, I'm off. Like, again, just the dialogue and how, you know, James Earl Jones delivers it is just so imposing. Like, if someone said that to me, I'd be like, now we're good. I'm off. Like, yeah, you treat me super fair. We're all fine. I, you know, you're my friend. Literally, the the, the progenitor of the uh, the bane. Do you feel in charge? Do you feel literally, in charge? that is literally that is the original version. Y- yeah, yeah, master villain and everything. Like, it's <laughs> it's it's flawless, honestly. And and like we said, Darth Vader is so much more scary in this. Like, he's he's not. He doesn't feel like the Emperor's lackey as he did in the New Hope. Is that yeah. you know Moff Tarkin kind of like bitch slaps him. He's like. Just settle down, like stop being a little dog, and uh, you know. But in this, he's like just killing admirals, and he's <laughs> he's, he's just in control. And I think he his character needed that because he's yeah. much more much more of a of a threat in this, and it's it's superb. Yeah, and then we get to obviously that I know the chattiest line you can have, and that's because Harrison Ford literally is just like Han Solo wouldn't say I love you too. Yep, I'm changing it. <laughs> As we said, he's just playing himself. That's what I mean. Like this is one of the best improvised things alongside Indy pulling out the gun on the swordsman in Indiana Jones. Yeah. Oh, that's superb. Because Harrison Ford's to... just like, that's not what I do. I just shoot him. I'm like, yes, that is such a king move. Oh, that 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 is one of the best moments in in that film. I mean, the last as a side note, the Last Crusade is is probably one of the finest blockbusters ever made. And you know, this pairing of George Lucas and uh, Harrison Ford did some amazing things. Mm. Yeah, they, they, oh, yeah. He's such a good actor, to be honest. Let's be honest. Mm, definitely. But we'll, we'll, we'll ignore the curse of the crystal skull, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Then obviously we get to the Luke and Vader fight, which, as we said, in comparison to A New Hope, is just a whole different level. And again, watching this as a kid for the first time, not knowing what's to come next, it was a, it was a good fight, man. Like they really up the stakes. But what I noticed straight away is, Vader is literally baiting Luke the whole time. He's literally just one arm, just like purposely playing on the defense. Mm-hmm. And Luke's just going for it all. And Luke, Vader's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, get the fuck back. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
And the only time Vader even taps into a little bit of his potential is when Luke catches him off guard and Gatton knocks his shoulder. Yeah. And Vader's just like, right, you've lost your arm, disarmed in like literally five seconds. I, I, just shows how powerful he really is. It definitely does a good show because Anakin, of course, was like probably the one of the best lightsaber duelists. I mean, he beat Count Dooku, who was known as as the best lightsaber duelist. So I think it it really goes to show. And he's like, like you say, one hand, like he just pushes Luke back in like the first three seconds of that fight with one arm. Like <laughs> he's just not even close to trying. And all he does is is guide him into the pit, basically. And then even when Luke gets out, he's just like impressive. He's like, I'm very impressed. Like he's generally appreciating his son's skill. I think it's... I've got to say, he it kind of made my heart bleed a little bit. He genuinely just wants to have his son. He like, does. Like, the whole spiel after... So we get the twist, and obviously everyone's mind was blown the first time. But mm-hmm. he's literally just like, join me and we can overthrow the Emperor. Yeah. He's like, this is the only way. Like, he's like, I want you to be here. And then after, obviously, he Luke escapes and stuff. Even when Vader's back on his ship, he's talking out to Luke and he's like, son, be with me. Yeah. And it's like, and, and obviously they, they expand on this in Jedi so well. Mm-hmm. But Vader literally, like, he obviously doesn't realize that Luke is his son until the Emperor tells him. Yeah. And he's like, the son of Skywalker must not, must mm-hmm. not obviously turn, you know, be on the good side. And so that must have been like a really emotional roller coaster for him. And then all he's literally thinking is, we can overthrow the emperor. I have my son. I want my son to be with me. Because when it, it le- le- that links perfectly into his his character as it's developed in the prequels, is because the the thing that takes him to the dark side is his family, right? It's his Padme, and it's it's the children that she's going to have. It's he 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 literally became a mass murderer because he wanted to protect his family, <laughs> and that that when you you sort of saying that the paternal energy he has in this. I I don't remember the first time I watched this feeling that, but this Ooh, second time around, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, damn, like he actually like, he's caring for Luke. And as you said, that moment where he sort of pushes Boba Fett's gun down and that, this, he didn't need to do that. He could have just let Boba gun the Wookiee down. But I feel like it's almost like out of respect for like Luke's Luke's companions almost. It's, it's almost like the hint of what will come to Jedi is is very, just very subtly started. Absolutely. And, and, you know, obviously knowing what we know, but for all intents and purposes, Anakin thought Luke and Leia had died with Padme. Yeah, yeah. So he just assumed they were dead. And obviously, mm. you know, because he has to. But again, going through that turmoil and then being like, your emperor then basically goes, will you either kill him or he joins us? Mm. Like he, he, he could have easily killed Luke, obviously, and then Luke jumps off. But again, he chooses not to. Yeah. He could have easily stopped him with the force, but he's just like, okay, cool. I will, I will do this by convincing him instead of bullying him into it. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I can't wait to talk about Jedi because the interactions between him and Luke literally are like my favorite things about the film. Absolutely. And, but then, yeah, we obviously just get to the bleak ending of everyone's lost. I'm mm. no longer with us. And then we get to the end of it. Um, I mean, is there anything else you would want to say? You know, it's, 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 a, it's a dark ending, but it's a great film. Yeah, it's definitely not I think hopeful. I've, I've, it's probably as, as I mean this is this is not an original thought. This is this is something that's come from a video I watched mm. the other day. Mm. Um, but it's it's about the the remaster, um, and the fact that they decided to add a scream when Luke fell. Okay, I didn't. Yeah, again, I wouldn't have known that. Well, yeah, you wouldn't. Naf, you probably would have would have clocked it. Mm-hmm. Where, where, when he falls down, the pity screams. I, I try. I think he does. Well, yeah. So. He screams, yeah. but the re- the actual context behind it, he accepted death because Luke had no idea he was going to survive that fall. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, but in that's you, you sort of see it in his face, like that sort of acceptance just before he drops. Yeah, and well, he I says like it, isn't he? He's like, "I'd rather die." Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I, I like the idea that he just falls, and you know, it's just happens to to survive, um, whether it's the the will of the force or whatever, but. The fact that they added that scream sort of takes away from Luke's sort of determination and and resolve. I see what you mean. Uh, that that yeah. is where the the editing is probably, especially in five, fall, falls flat for me now a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can see how that would sort of detract from his quiet acceptance of his fate. But again, I I, I couldn't sort of remember him screaming. But you're probably right if if he did. And well, as I say, it, uh, it would sort of undermine it. It would undermine it, the, the character development there. But again, 
Imagine going through all that. The, the dude you were just trying to fight to the death, who just like tortured your friends and cut off your own arm was your dad. Like that's, <laughs> I'd throw myself off, like for real. That, that's that's crazy. Like I, I, that sort of shock of to this. And again, he's literally the figurehead of the oppressive force in the entire galaxy and has killed hundreds of the people you know and annihilated an entire planet. I, I just, that's 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 a lot to take in, right? And his first his first thoughts after is is Ben, why didn't you tell me? True. He feels betrayed. Like that yeah. again, Obi-Wan and Yoda trying to protect him from the truth and trying to keep him on the straight and narrow, you potentially have just pushed him the other way because you lied again. It it is kind of crazy if you think about it, that that throughout almost the, the entire of the original trilogy, they just keep making the same mistakes, right? Like the Jedi Order does not learn from the enormous lesson that Anakin was. The, 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 I can't wait to discuss it in the prequels, if I'm honest. Yeah, the, 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 they just keep going with the pig-headed traditionist attitude, not adapting their ways. And, you know, they're like, oh, we can't have another Vader. Well, then act differently. Change things up. It clearly didn't work the first time. If you think you can just not tell the truth and just hide everything from, from you know, the most powerful force user in the galaxy, then of course you're going to get your shit kicked in, right? Anything else to add, guys? Not too much, really. That's that's my my cup of tea done. Nice, yeah. This again was another great episode. Um, thank you for joining us. If you are listening, um, and come back to the next episode where we'll be doing Return of the Jedi and capping off the original trilogy, which I'm very excited for. So, yep, come back soon, and we will see you soon. <laughs>